everybody. This is So Many Sequels. I'm Josh. I'm Andrew. I'm David. And I'm Nikki. Oh, man. We got Nikki on the show. We had to have Nikki join us for this episode for so many reasons. It's Disney Pixar, which you and David are experts of. And also, so we're talking about Turning Red today, which is the new Pixar movie. And it is um, very much a women-driven film. And we wanted to make sure it wasn't just all boring men talking about it. So... Well, that we have that's why we have the Batman. And yeah, I wasn't on that one. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> so yeah, talking about turning red today, brand new Pixar movie out now on Disney Plus. It is basically to to break it down, a story about a girl who is 13. She's growing up in the early 2000s. And as she's finding this moment in her life where when her emotions start to get out of control, she turns into a big red panda. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of metaphors in there, and it yeah. was a pretty fun movie. So, without further ado, anyone just itching to jump first and tell us what your thoughts were on the movie? Nikki, why don't you go first? That's sure. Thanks. So, listen, I understand this movie was not entirely made for me. I do. I I I, I get that. However, as someone who turned 14 in the year 2002. And was obsessed, and I do mean obsessed with a boy band. This movie spoke to me louder than any Disney movie has in the history of Disney. (laughs) There is a moment, and I've told it to everybody when I've talked about this movie because it just made me laugh so hard. It's very early in the movie. May has three girlfriends and they go to a store after school and there's this guy that goes to their school who the girlfriends think is really cute and they're all like talking about him and how cute they think he is and May is just not having it at all and she holds up one of those like early 2000s teeny buffer magazines and she says need I remind you what a real man looks like And I made David pause the movie because I was laughing so hard. 2002, Nikki was screaming in that moment. I thought it was because I said things like that. Like this movie, it just so perfectly captured what being a teenage girl, not in this country because it is in Canada, but on this side of the world in the early 2000s, what that experience was like. It so perfectly captured it. I just kept telling David again and again and again, you have met 14-year-old Nikki today. This is what it this is what it was like. And- Red Panda and all. I <laughs> mean really Red Panda and all. My 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 parents watched it last night too. And my mom says that I was not as disrespectful as May was, which surprised me because I didn't really feel like May was that disrespectful but other than that this this is definitely what the teenage girl experience was like in the early 2000s and i i just loved it uh, thank you thank you pixar i just loved this movie to, to slightly bounce off that i humbly put my hand on nikki when she told me so that's what for her 14 year old rose and i was like oh i know like i've <laughs> I've I've been around you and your mom. It's, there's no secret as to how <laughs> what you were like. You have tons of pictures, tons of embarrassing things that you have that I have uncovered. 
So as I said to her, this was just coloring in the picture for me. And Um, even last night we had that conversation because there's like moments where May like doodles pictures of boys that she likes in her notebook and she does all the things. I didn't do that because I'm not an artist by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, I did go back and grab some stuff that we have here at the house that I had as a high school student. And sure enough, it is all hearts and names of boys that I liked and poems that I wrote in and short stories that I wrote. Is there is do you have a page of you practicing like writing your name with a different last name? Yeah, so many. Got to practice your signature. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Oh, I don't know if I have time to tell this story. So my parents really freaked me out in the early days of the Internet by talking about they can get your information and they can find you and they can do all this. So never put your real information on the Internet. And so if there was ever like websites that I would have to sign up for where they would ask for your name, I would put my first name. But then I would put the last name of my favorite boy bander. That's incredible. As if I were, as if I had this them, last name. Do you want to tell them who you were all about back then? I feel like you have to now. Lance Bass of it of Insane. Yeah. That went well, didn't it? That went well. That, that, hey, he is. Fantastic. I love He's fantastic. I did a lot of laughing when he came out in 2005. I, I laughed a lot. But so anyway, I so I did a lot of that. And then the next thing we knew, we started getting things in the mail addressed to Nikki Bats. And, <laughs> and then, oh, guys, it gets so much better. A couple of years ago, I was like looking on one of those like background check websites to see what you like to see, like uh, what you could find out about yourself. And I like looked up myself and it had a like previous last names and I, I took david's last name when we got married so i do have a maiden name but under previous identities one of them was nikki bass this is premium content this is exactly <laughs> what exactly what we had content oh. i don't even mind i don't even mind wow <laughs> <laughs> i think <laughs> I think a big part of this movie is that coming of age perspective. And I think it really put you in that mindset. It put me in that mindset of mm-hmm. O2. I was also, I was turning, I was 12 in O2, but I was, tw- I turned 13 the, the, it, within the, the time frame of this movie. And while not being able to relate from it from necessarily the female perspective, it, it very much put me in that headspace of being 13. My I, I had dramatic clashes with my dad or trying to figure just who I was supposed to be now because you're you are going from in a lot of cases, you're going from elementary school to middle school or middle school to some kind of you know, maybe junior high school thing like that. There's a lot of confusing emotions for I think young boys and girls. If anything, I was probably very much minus the sports component, I was probably like the the Tyler character in this movie. I was obnoxious. I was a, a dork. And I also was very quietly also obsessed with it. I was going to say. I, was, I, I thought JC Chazé was like the coolest guy ever. Like, I I know that people like Justin. I was like, JC, people overlook him. So I yeah, definitely. I agree. That's what I always say. So I definitely, I thought this movie was great. I really did. I thought this movie was, I think it's potentially like a top 10 Pixar movie because it also doesn't. It does what all the I think the best Pixar movies do, minus say Toy Story films, and, and that's it looks unique. It feels unique to anything else Pixar's done. There are some Pixar movies that look and feel the same, but the best ones have their own style and their own look and their own 
voice. And I think this has all that. The leadership team was mostly female. The 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 style is it's like a, a weird mix. There's a lot of like Sailor Moon and, and anime influence in it. It reminds me a lot of like Mitchell's versus the machines in how it's there's a lot of like quick motion. There's a lot of things like the way the animations are. They're not like always smooth. They're like exactly. Yeah. And then there's also like her narrating her own video, which we all tried to do when we were kids was like narrate our own home videos. So it definitely put me in a very familiar place. So I think any honestly not to I don't think you have to have grown up in that time period to relate to the movie. But boy, it, it really does frame it for you if you were a 2000s, like late 90s, early 2000s kid. What did you guys think? Yeah, Andrew, what did you think? Well, when, in 2002, that's when this takes place. Yeah. I was uh tender age of 16. Okay. And almost 17, 16, 17. And I was a 17-year-old girl living in Bartlesville. <laughs> and I can easily relate to that. The boy band mania, like, I wasn't really big with this, but I will say that, like, I loved this movie primarily because I love it when movies like this explore culture. And this has culture galore. Yeah. And I think it's great in representing that. I love the fact that it's a... I love the fact that we get this whole, we get this whole like explosion of culture on this. The comedy in it is really good as well as the, as well as the timing. I did notice that, yeah, every, the animation was a little bit like really rapid because it's just, you just pay attention to how they, kind of like David was saying, just how they, they just, they just move back and forth really quick. And honestly, I really like that. So. There's not too many bad things I can say about this. I really like this. There were times when I was looking at it and I was like, this is a, I know it's a Pixar movie. Pixar and Disney pretty much in hand. This is, this is a Disney film. Like this is a Disney film. I wouldn't, I don't really necessarily know if this is a Pixar film. I would say definitely this is one of Pixar's best efforts. Cause I don't want to say they've made a bad movie. But they've made they made some bad ones. They made some ones that are not good. I won't say which ones are which. It's definitely, I, I will say that like last summer's Luca, last summer's Luca was, I was okay. I feel like this is better than Luca. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. And that's I'll, my hot. I'll let that be said. Yeah. Um, and I'll let you say it. <laughs> I think you, you, know, you know what this show's on a timer <laughs> I have five words I said what I said okay fair enough <laughs> fair enough I say that I like what you said Nikki I feel like this is the first Pixar movie to really like narrow in on a certain point of time and age that felt really targeted at me I was 12 in 2002 May is 13 you were 14 David was 12-ish and Andrew was driving. So there's a little bit of a gap there in, in that regard, but it still felt really uh, targeted at me. The early 2000s nostalgia at play is so good from the music to like the small details, like the Tamagotchis that are present throughout. And then just some of the really super painful moments of cringe that only uh, pubescent teenagers can understand. 
Y'all, she named her Tamagotchi Robert oh, Jr. Right. After her fruit boy band member. If anyone here or listening has seen Pin 15 on Hulu, it feels like the Pixar version of that. It's the cleaner version of that show. So if you're a millennial girl who grew up like weird and obsessed with boy bands, this is a straight up home run. But also really just anyone who ever went through puberty, I feel like should relate to this movie pretty strongly because no matter what uh, year or decade it's in, you face weird emotions that you're not used to, weird changes in your body you're not used to. You definitely clash with your parents in a way that you hadn't before. And, and you're learning a lot. You're learning about how your family can go beyond just the blood. Your friends can be your family and that's okay. And it doesn't mean that you have to choose one or the other, but that's a thing that May faces. She's trying to find who she is. And it's just so much that I could relate to just as someone who grew up. So I feel like this should be a pretty, pretty easily relatable movie. Which is why some of the feedback has surprised me a bit. Yeah. You know, so, sorry. You know, I, I was just going to say that, and Nikki, you had said that, I think you said your mom, or who was it that said that there was, that May was a little too disrespectful? My mom. Yeah, I've heard some of that too. But because I did come from, and that was something else that I really identified with, my parents are amazing, wonderful people. Sure. I did come from a very, conservative Christian home. And I do think that maybe some of that, maybe wear some goggles about this movie because yeah. I, May's parents are very much the same way. Different cultures, obviously, but there is that expectation. And that was something else that I really identified with was that that desire that May has to please her parents to the point that she doesn't necessarily yeah. feel like she can tell them everything. I did relate to that a lot where it was, I just want them to be proud of me and I want them to be like, to be able to brag about me to their friends and be able to celebrate me. And maybe they wouldn't necessarily do that if they found out that this was going on. I think I really, I identified with that. I got that. And I think that I saw a lot of, I think Nikki was this way too. And Josh, Andrew, you might've been this way too. I think when you start to turn 13 and people start to tell you you're becoming an adult in a little bit of a way you start to and it may reflects this act like you're a little bit of an adult you like to you know talk to people about how's the grind going and things like that you started to try to relate to to adults and so you try to act a little bit more grown up yeah. and you're not really you don't really have the full context of what exactly that yeah. means so you start to think like you start to, you're developing your own opinions but you're still like unsure about if your parents are going to approve of it it's kind of well what was weird to me about a lot of the backlash that it's getting is that she acknowledges in the beginning that, no, I'm not my own person. Like, I want to be my own person and I am this person. And she says, on me, 24-7, 365, which, oh God, again, 2002 Nikki was like, oh, here I am. But then she does say, but then sometimes, no, I'm not. There's someone else I have to be too. And it's that person that her parents expect her to be. And she has that struggle as she gets into the movie of trying to figure it out and trying to make both of these people meet this person that she wants to be and the person her parents want her to be trying to make those two people meet somewhere. Yeah. You had something, Andrew. I don't want to lose it. What did you I'm sorry, Andrew. Yeah. No, no I'm, I'm sorry. I forgot what I was going to say. But, uh, I, beautiful. I'm I, sorry. I have no, some. I, I think that was my fault. My bad. That's okay. I, I have something, maybe I'll jog your memory on this, Andrew, because 
I do got to say that I think they they did an incredibly good job. I think at you talked about, you talked about the cringe levels at times, Josh. Yeah, did a great job of crafting the scenarios for this movie. I had made like sitting here in my living as a thirty two year old man. I suddenly got massive secondhand embarrassment for her when yeah. she stormed into the Quick Mart to confront this seventeen year old boy with pictures her daughter had drawn of her daughter. Like I, I was like, I was like, like she was embarrassed, but I was also like. Oh my gosh, I was I so embarrassed like if my dream. mom did anything like that. And yeah. the drawings were so much worse than you expected, right? Yeah. Like she drew them as half mermaid. Yeah. <laughs> and that was like the final nail in the coffin for me on that because 13 year olds do weird stuff. We all do weird, weird stuff. And no matter how normal that shared experience is, every 13 year old thinks they're the weirdest one ever. Yeah. So to see that unfold, just makes you go back to whatever weird thing you're embarrassed about, I think. Because it wasn't so weird that it was unbelievable, you know? <laughs> no, it was very believable. And that's why it was like, oh, like, like I started, like, like I started, like my back started sweat. I was like, oh gosh, I would be so, I would be so embarrassed if my mom or dad did something like that. And, and it happened, happens at other times too, where you're just like, you know, your parents are trying to protect you, they think, you know, and stuff. But, Sometimes you're just like, oh, please, can we just get out of here? Everybody that I know is watching this moment. And it's, yeah, it's weird for the kid, for the 17 year old kid too. He's like, look at it. What did this 13 year old girl draw of me? You know, very weird stuff. But I also really appreciate that the voices, I think most of the voices for the friend group, for the girl group are uh, young kids. They are. So like they have that really authentic 13 14 year old sound to their voice as opposed to being by contrast not that this is a knock but by contrast you have like in Kanto where Mirabelle is played by a woman in her like late 30s and I think that you have that sort of like raw I think the director calls it like a perfect imperfection of May's voice where she sounds like a kid and and, it, and I love when movies do that when they go for actual child actors yeah 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 I, I also wanted to touch on the music and and for town in general for a little bit because I was really impressed with how much these songs sounded like two thousands boy band songs and when I found out that they were written by Billie Eilish and her brother Phineas O'Connell my like jaw dropped because this is not what their music sounds like and so it really just showed me their talent on display and I drove around a little bit this morning and listened to the three four town songs that are on the soundtrack and they there's a very there's something whether it's NSYNC or Backstreet Boys or 98 Degrees or O-Town isn't that one of them or what are some other ones I assumed four town was a play on O-Town to no new kids on the block maybe I don't know whoever whatever the other ones are Nikki could probably come up with more but whoever like there's that is that very identifiable I don't even know what you would call it it's not like it's like pop but it's also there's a little bit of like weird synth in there it's like mix. It, there's harmonies going on that sound like in. And when you nail, when you hit it right on the head, honestly, I don't know if you guys watch the show, but it really reminded me of Bob's Burgers and the boy band on that show, which is what's the name of that show? Uh, what's, the, or what's the name of that band? Do you remember? Oh, gosh. It's boy, something about boys. Sorry, he's upset. It happens. Four boys or something, or something like that. Oh. Boys for now. Yeah, yes, that's it. Boys for now. Yeah. Boys for now have some pretty good hits, too. Oh, there goes the dog. All right, everything's falling apart on on the proc side of the of the place. Hang on. What did, you, did you like the music, Andrew? You yeah, said you, you were talking about the music guy at the time, but what did you think of it? I did like the music. I was 
very surprised that it was that it was Billy Eilish and her brother Phineas. Yeah, I like it. It gave me away. I'm like, these are actually really good. Wait a second, they're who? I know, right? Phineas is one of the members of Four Town too. See, I didn't know that, and like, I I knew nothing of Four Town. But the other thing is that the other things that like the, the score was done by Ludwig Gorenson. Uh huh. And he's done a lot of he's done he's done a lot he's done a lot of music. He did the Black Panther soundtrack. He did the Tenet soundtrack, and he goes from Black Panther to Tenet to Turning Red. And yeah, it's still like really good. Like his whole creative list is still amazing. Yeah, yeah, I, I thought, thought it was pretty good too. I music, I'm sorry, what? I I was gonna say yeah I thought the score was pretty good too yeah yeah Ludwig did a good job he did do a good job and so did Billy and Phineas yes yes we haven't talked a lot about the panda aspect of the movie yet I don't even really know where to begin with it because I feel like this is the the panda can be a metaphor for whatever you choose it to be in the movie it is directly tied to her emotions but it's also something that in May's family is only passed down through the women yeah. And again, speaking as a man, <laughs> I know that women are expected to control their emotions sometimes publicly in a way that men are not. They're not supposed to get angry because then they're hysterical. They're not supposed to get overly emotional. And so I felt like they, that the panda was used really well to portray that. Yeah. Um, and, it, and, and that it came down to May having to choose to just be, to accept her, his panda or her panda and not have to worry about that. How did you feel about the panda? I felt like it was adulthood. Yeah, that, that works too. I felt like it was adulthood because of 13, it's like what you said, just 13 is such a, 13 is such a, just a really strange year. It is. It's, it's, you're entering your teenage years and all of a sudden everything just goes whichever way. But the thing is that that's also like the beginning signs of adulthood. You can say whatever year it is, but you can say whatever year it is, but that really is year really stop being a kid. Yes. I agree with that. I like, and the the thing about the panda the thing about the red panda it's interesting that you point out that it's your emotions i also think that's another thing but i think red panda itself is just like adulthood because the other women in the story were very control were like knew how to control it and she yeah. did right and they were also very adamant that she had to yeah you have to control it you have to complete this ritual it's not an option and that just and, and, and in her 13-year-old mind, May is thinking, well, okay, yeah, but also this concert's way more important to me, yeah. which is what a 13-year-old would think. Yep. Yeah. I thought that was very reflective of the generational differences. That because too, I, yeah. The women before my time, and even the women younger than me, I think were really told, keep it in. You don't show your emotions. You don't let that out. That's not something you're allowed to do. And it made me so sad for the mom and for the sisters and even the grandma because they did suppress it. And then even in the end, I thought, well, maybe they'll be given that chance. Maybe they'll be given that chance to let it out again. And they weren't. They had to give up their pandas again. And that made me so sad for them that 
they were still not allowed to break that out the way that that she was because i think that women of my generation started to accept that's a really garbage mentality and 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 a really terrible way to look at things so i thought that was reflective of that yeah i also think it's very interesting i thought it was i think when i first heard the premise for the movie this happens with every pixar movie really and disney movie i go that doesn't sound like it's going to be very interesting and then i see it you go oh it works out it's actually really it actually worked out really well i think that that it and from a visual standpoint i thought the the design and the look of may as the panda was really it it worked just like you'd want it to when she needed to look scary it was scary and when it needed to look lovable and fluffy and cute it did when when ming appeared as her looming through the city like godzilla right gasped a little it was i did i went oh my that's big (laughs) she's three And it also, it demonstrated this whole idea of when you're embarrassed by your parent in public, it does feel like the world has stopped and everyone's looking. Oh, God. And it's usually not true, but this time they made it so literally true that mom is like ripping the stadium up (laughs) and making it all about her. It just, (laughs) yeah, it hurts. It hurts a little bit. I just think it's great. I think that there's a great component of this too. And we can talk about the controversies a little bit here because I don't have box office stats. Yeah, I figured let's just... There's the uh, there's a lot of layers to this that you can relate to on. There's obviously, there's the big controversial review from Cinema Blend that talked about this. There's a lot of different layers that you can relate to this movie on. And it just gets more and more specific as you go down. I think that on a surface level, I think everybody can relate to a coming of age story. And I think on a layer down below that, you can relate to it on growing coming of age in the, at, at the turn of the millennium. And then below that, you can relate to it from a cultural standpoint of, of the Chinese, a cultural standpoint, and, and even one further down Chinese Canadian. What a specific, what do you know? What a specific experience that this movie dives down on. But honestly, I think the more specific, the better the story becomes. If this was a really broad overly broad coming of age story i don't think it would work the same way it needed to be a very specific story that someone was trying to tell and i feel the same way sometimes about onward it's very clear that it's very specific story that the people who are making that movie wanted to tell so that's and i think pixar has been on a kick lately of coming of age stories with the subtraction of soul you look at onward luca and turning red they're all about that midpoint not of not being a kid but not really being like a full-blown teenager yet yeah 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 i think so too and and i also wanted to point out that david you mentioned that this is this movie has a all-female leadership team and it's also the first pixar movie to be solo directed by yet too so there's a lot of female influence there that i think shaped the movie in a really good way definitely and we josh you retweeted some of the bad takes from uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, did. And there's a lot of parents that are complaining. And, and Nikki and I talked about this last night. It's really easy for us now, the parents of a one-year-old, to look to the future and say, oh, we'll be cool parents. We're not going to complain about everything they about right. they watch or try to get it shut down. I don't think we're going to try to get it shut down because I just not that I, I don't have that type of mentality. But right. it's easy now to say that. I'm sure when we get to nine, it gets to be like nine or 10 years old. And he wants to go see something. I'm going to be like, let me look into this. Because it's a little bit about... But the thing is, I think the the responsibility is on the parent above all. If you don't think that your kid is mature enough or something, 
you need to know that and you need to do the research on it before you even my one of my big ploys is going to be like how to, to is is okay you can watch this but i got to watch it with you and if he's like, oh i don't want to do that it's like okay, it's probably a movie you shouldn't be watching anyway because if you're embarrassed to watch it with me and you're probably not going to be you're probably going to there's a there's a i grew up and my parents were fairly generous in terms of what they allowed me to watch they would look up the ratings and they would see what people what they would see what kind of things it was it said had in it but they, I was able to a lot of times convince them to let me watch a movie that maybe was I wasn't quite mature enough for, and sometimes they regretted it. <laughs> I think the did. lesson from for Ming and for for other parents who might be uh, hesitant about the content, which I say it like it's bad. This is it's not an, an inappropriate film. It's yeah. the moments that are controversial are everyday life kind of things, yeah. and the lesson for for Ming is that you can't protect your child from everything especially when they're 12 13 14 years old they're seeing it anyway you can so yeah. the best thing to do is to teach them and not try to hide them from the world and that's how i feel when i read these reviews of parents who are like it's too inappropriate from you're being the villain in my view <laughs> yeah. I, I will say when I started reading some of the more, the, oh it's so inappropriate and it's so shocking why would you introduce a, a, a child to this I fully expected, oh my God, they're talking about women's periods. I fully expected it to be like, like explanations of how to use a tampon. Like I'm in the bathroom and things are happening. Like I fully expected that level of inappropriateness with the way people talked. And then when I watched it, I was like, a nine-year-old, an eight-year-old isn't going to get this. No, they like, wouldn't get it. Anyway. The one who was freaking out about this. And the, the whole part of the movie that involves Ming talking about May's period is so small because that is not what it's about. Once she realizes, oh no, she's turning into a panda, and then they never mention it again. They never mention it again. It's exactly. about that. And friends, I say that as, and I, gosh, like cringe even saying this, and every bone ah! in my body is saying not to say it. I say that as someone who is very quiet about that part of my life. I talk about that with four people, and he's one of them. And even I was like, I don't think I'd be able This is nothing. No, this is not. This was pretty tame by by comparison. So yeah. Let's look at the letterbox scores let's, here. Let's go ahead and uh, start throwing some guesses out there. What do you say? I'm, I'm going to get. Oh, go ahead, go Andrew. Ahead. And I will run the game. Now, I defer to you, Andrew. I took your spot last week. Oh, okay. So what am I doing? Am I just guessing? You're guessing okay, the game. Guess, You're guessing. Guess the score. Okay. My score is. 3.6. Okay. I'm similarly going to guess a 3.8. Okay. Dang it, 3.8 was my guess. Um, 3.6. That's what Andrew said. Andrew said that? Yeah. Okay. We do have one dead on, correct, and that is going to be David with 3.8. That is the letterboxed Average score of this movie, real quick, before we dump out. You what, what are our ratings for this? I will start by saying it is, I, I upon first viewing, it's a four star. Uh, for me, I'm going to say, for me, I'm going to say four and a half. I'm going to give it a little extra. Bingo, that's because that cooking scene was so good at the beginning of the movie. It was. And making those, and making those, I don't know what they're called. All right. That's Turning Red. Find us online, so many sequels.com. Subscribe to the show and follow us on social media for more. We'll be back next week.
That went pretty well. 